You'll be arriving at Floor 26 soon. Before that, I'd ask you to please check us out on Twitter and Instagram at Floor 26 Podcast. If you have any questions about the show, you can hit us up there or go to our website at floor26podcast.com. Thank you for listening. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Floor 26 Podcast. My name's Adam Duffy, and I'm joined by my co-host, Parsa Palavanka. What's going on? And Therese Hill. Hello, everybody. I'm Therese. I'm from Detroit, and I'm a freshman at Tennessee State University with a healthcare, with a mi- major in healthcare administration and a minor in marketing. Awesome. My boy. And um, today, we're going to be talking about a few different things. Uh, we're going to be talking about the um, the unrest in Kenosha that went over, uh, that's gone over the past couple of weeks, uh, over the past week since uh, Jacob Blake was shot, uh, we're also going to be talking about um, a few more existential things. You know, why, why we wanted to start a podcast, why we're here, um, things like that. So I guess uh, I'll get it started. Um, I think we've all probably been keeping up, at least in some parts, with uh, yeah. what's been going on with uh, Jacob Blake, and um, you know, it's it, it's hard to find a place to start exactly, but. Uh, I think the I think the I think the place we could start off first is um I think before we get into the actual subject matter I think I think the, I think one thing I want to mention is that um sort of how uh how especially especially people our age or at least the people I follow on social media how how we talk about it um on social media I, and I kind of wanted to I guess touch on how it's pretty widespread we all know about it. Well, like I just well not not like that. I just want to talk about how the way we talk about things on social media doesn't you know isn't conducive to any sort of like progress. Like it doesn't it's not helpful the yeah, way yeah. we talk about these things. I, I get it. Um, and uh, I do this a lot where I'll go through my Instagram and I'll I'll like just go through posts and sort of uh, um, sort of mention things to myself on why it's not like why that's not a helpful way of spreading information. Um, I mean, it, it spreads it, but like, I just, it's, it's hard to see progress in it because nothing happens from it. And I know I'm not the only person that feels this way. Like that's, that's pretty much how I found out about all of this is through Instagram stories with all the reposts. But I just, I see the small picture. The bigger picture is kind of hard to see mm-hmm. if you know mm-hmm. what I mean. Yeah. That, that's a good way of putting it. Um, you know, it's just. The information that surrounds such a, such an immense and such a like and, and a topic and an issue that is so you know tied to our country, like there's so much to break down with it, and like our social media platforms are just not the correct place to like put in that information, because I mean most of the information that's spread about these issues is is through you know exclusively like like on Instagram at least it's on it's through like Instagram stories like reposts of posts that's, you know that's that's what you see you know t- like a person will repost ten different posts about an issue and you know all of them are just like these small blocks of information just a few words maybe like a sentence or two and they just give the information that they give is so shallow and so and does not you know paint a clear picture of what's going on and it spreads and or at least it it has the risk of spreading and it is spreading 
you know, you know, dangerous misinformation about these subjects. Um, and I guess we can, you know, give an example with Jacob Blake. Um, I think over the past few months, obviously, we've had a lot of problems with um, the interactions between police and citizens. And, you know, like with each one, there's a problem of misinformation being spread online. With this one, um, I'd say with this one, I wasn't, I, d- I didn't follow it as much as some of the other ones at first. I just, uh, honestly, for this one, there isn't that much information. Like, for the most part, like, they say that he was breaking up a fight, but mm-hmm. I don't, I haven't had that, like, confirmed. And that's the thing where people are, t- sorry, uh, people are sort of taking just, because, I mean, it starts somewhere, but for the most part, it's just a, it's sort of a progressive thing where, like, you see the post that he was breaking up a fight. Like, if you get all your information just from someone else's, like, Instagram story, and then you only base that, you only gain, you only use that information to spread more information about it, then, you know, it, you're, you're falling into a, a pretty vicious cycle of misinformation. J- wait, just a quick disclaimer before you start. We're not, we're not saying that, like, the shooting at all was, like, like what, you know, you know what I'm trying uh, to say? I know, I understand. Yeah, I, I like, don't want to, I, I am only, I only desire to, like, seek the truth and in, in these sorts of things, and I don't, and I know that just by saying anything counter to what most people say, like our age online, yeah. just by saying anything that goes sort it, of against that, it triggers, man. It, it all, it, it all, it's a, it's, it's, it's definitely going to It's trigger. a bomb waiting to it explode. Is. It, I mean, it's, it's an analogy I say where, um, where I say that, like, on all these issues, I'm, I'm very, like, in the middle about it. Or I try to find, like, like the objective middle ground between these sorts of um, topics. But when, like, the window, the whole, like, Overton window of these things are pushed in one direction, when you're in the middle, it looks like to them that you're, like, all the way on the other yeah. side. Yeah. yeah. But, like, but not in, in, the, in the big picture, picture, you're actually just trying to be you're as neutral as possible. Out but not everybody sees it for the bigger the big picture that it is. Everybody's, of course, is going to have their own intake of everything that happened. And then, you know, we also have to keep in mind that our generation, you know, we are very stuck on social media. Mm-hmm. So that is, to some people, that is the only way that they will be able to get there, that they feel as though they're playing a role in making a difference or getting information out to other folks. Mm-hmm. Even if that means that they are missing the bigger picture, which some people have, because... I mean, like you said, they make certain comments on Instagram. Like, I think one girl made a comment on Twitter. No offense, but she was of a lighter color. <laughs> and she was sort of kind of made the the assumption, like, why is he running away? Like, he as, as if he was doing something wrong on his behalf. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So it's always that sort of kind of miscommunication that does always occur on, on social media versus everybody seeing what it really is and what really took place. Mm-hmm. I good point i um i guess we can we can sort of break down the whole thing because because right now what i look what i see is that you know we have a really complex and nuanced situation and everyone online is sort of just pasting over this this like stamp over the whole issue that you know like the that just that doesn't give you enough information sort of like a sign on a door that tells you what's inside the room but what's inside the room is completely you know like is a is a lot deeper than what the sign oh it's so much what the sign could um, explain. So I want to break it down. Is um we were looking into some news reports and some some DOJ reports from Wisconsin, and I want to go through sort of the whole uh, current of events as we know them and sort of see because at each one of these sort of elements in this case there are there are situations that build upon each other to lead to sort of what happened. And so 
um, I guess where we start is um, we were looking through the reports and it said that the police that were called were called because um, like the dispatcher told them it was domestic. It was a domestic dispute mm-hmm. because because um, a man was at their ex-girlfriend's house and causing disruption. So they called the police mm-hmm. and immediately off the bat there, just right there is the first sort of hiccup is domestic violence calls are the most dangerous calls for police officers that police officers can take that and traffic stops are the two most dangerous things officers can do because that those have the highest propensity for someone to do something violent generally from like the citizen who's you know when it's domestic who's abuse the aggressor yeah in a domestic abuse thing you know the um the aggressor is a lot more likely to you know do something to the police officers who show up so that's automatically the police officers are in the mindset that they're going to go break up a domestic dispute and they know um, you know, after years of training and just knowing what occurs in the country statistically, that this is more dangerous than any other call they could get. So that's already the first thing. These officers are in that mindset. Um, a few more things. Uh, uh, it's hard to really track the events uh, from there into what we see, what the videos we've been seeing online um, of um, of like the final moments of the event. Yeah, because from what they said is there, the, no one's really giving any of the inside information as to what necessarily really took place, other than it was just a domestic dispute at the girlfriend's house. Yes, and um, and then I th- I don't think like the the body camera footage, if the officers had body think cameras, it's been released. it has yeah, because yeah, it always takes a while to be released. Yeah, I mean that's they one have to review it. And yeah, like, I mean if they release, and that's a big thing. Where and this case is pretty still pretty fresh. Oh yeah, I, I don't. I don't. Exactly. I don't think it's been a week yet. I think it was. Yeah, I think it was like four yeah. or five days ago. Yeah. Um, and I think that's another big problem is that we 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 play, you know, like, I guess judge on these things like immediately after they happen, and we don't wait to we don't wait for like the strict evidence of any sort of injustice before making our assessment, and then you know, you see what happened with the rioting. We we don't we don't wait for like the full picture before making our decision. Um, which I think is just off the bat, not a good thing to do. Um, but I, f- I feel like you're personally like speaking on a more general level compared to just this one case, because I feel like for this case, it just could have been handled better. It definitely could have. Because, OK, well, we can keep going with like sort of a, a, a deeper analysis and, and I can explain to you. I, I, I can present to you like my idea of how it was. I think it was handled poorly by the officers and. I think you know we can um we can keep breaking it down, but from what we know is that once um once the officers arrived and uh, Jacob he started to act um, non-compliant with the officers, mm-hmm. um, you know I I wish I wish we had a video of it, but at some point uh, the officers did try to tase Jacob. Um, the taser was deployed, but it did not catch, which it means it, it, yeah it didn't subdue him at all, um, which happens in a lot of situations like that. So office so like that's another thing with like the domestic dispute is like when you're ta- like officers know going into this, that there's a, there's like a 50, 50 chance that your taser is going to work on a person or not. And so that's, that's already, I think a, a thing that I think is a good, is good information for anybody to have to understand that, you know, like, yeah, I think you see a lot when people talk about this of why the officers didn't use, you know, less than lethal methods on, on um, Jacob was because, or just anyone is because um, as their protocol is right now, I'm not saying it's a good or a bad thing, but as it stands right now, their protocol tells them that as soon as their taser or less than lethal method doesn't work, they have to go up to the next level because you know, that's that's what their job is. And it's so, not necessary. I mean, uh, yeah, we can talk about it if it's not necessary or not, but that is what it is right now. And so, like, if we want to talk about it, then we should talk about it. But that's how it stands. Um, 
after the taser was deployed, you know, that's when the officers all like they go like they ratchet their um their uh level up and um that just creates a lot of problems, especially since I think another big thing is that in all these cases, I don't think our officers are for the most part trained effectively in these situations and in, in lethal situations or de-escalating lethal situations. Okay. How many cops were there? Because I saw like around three. I want to say I saw three to four. I, I believe it was three. It was three. From uh, what the three? video showed, it was only three of them. Okay, so there's three cops. One uses the taser. I know the other two got a taser. Mm-hmm. Um, that's another thing with their protocol is um, when one officer brings out their taser, um, anyone else, like one officer leads with the less than lethal like a taser, and the other two, the other officers are supposed to back them up with lethal force with their guns behind them because uh-huh. because as soon as the just in case because as soon as the taser is deployed, typically the person who got tased, especially if it doesn't work on them, they they've instantly ratcheted up their level of threat, and so they're more likely to do something that'll harm the officers, and so that's why the other officers that's supposed why to have you well, We all see them get taken down. True, but you also have to respect and take the video exactly how it is. Even though Jacob was tased, he was not doing anything threat-worthy to the police officers. He was strictly going to the car to check on his children. Okay, but now listen, now here, now here's where the problem is with me, okay? So you see the guy walking around to his car. Let's say he did say, I'm just going to go check on my children. If you know that you're going to have to take harder action once that once the car door opens because the cop doesn't know what's in the car. Yeah. And that's where they justify the shooting for themselves because he was going into a car and they feel threatened. Yeah, they said he reached in. And yeah. then that's when it just stopped. <laughs> no one else. But, but if you know, if you see the car door open, why doesn't anybody just wrap him up and take him down? I, I know there's some combat training they go through to become a cop. They Actually, don't. The thing is, that's the, that's one of the problems is that they're not police officers are woefully untrained and in, in like effective, um, like hand to hand combat. Um, I mean, a lot of officers will take it upon themselves to learn more, but like like just based off officer training, they're actually pretty untrained in how to how to handle a person one on one in a in a combat situation. That's why Very you know I'm, so. it w- I mean I think it was it was one of Andrew Yang's policies on his little list that or each um officer would get intensive training in like Brazilian Jiu Jitsu mm-hmm. so that they could effectively take down, take down a person. Yeah. I feel um, like it's necessary because because right now they're not exactly trained in um they're not exactly trained in how to like less than lethally take someone down. And it's it's I mean like logistically it's a very hard thing to do and I mean it's always been a problem and like like I've always known it's a problem. But once these situations come up, everyone's like, hey, why is like, why haven't we addressed that by an now? Issue? And so it's like, I mean, like we could have addressed this a long time ago, but years ago. like should have been. It's like when years the ago, it's it, like when the problem arises, we all get mad about the rules. But and and that's crazy because like, I don't how are you supposed to enforce a law? You're when supposed you can't run a mile when serve you can't run a mile. Like you, you've seen these cops, man. I'm like, how do you fit in that uniform every day? It's, it, yeah, it's. Your job is to serve and protect. Well, I mean, it's the thing, man. It's that the officer's job isn't exactly to serve and protect. Their job is to enforce the enforce laws. Enforce the law. They're law but, enforcement. And, but it's the it's the people who make the laws who are supposed to serve and protect us. You see, what I think what what I, what I can say is that I think the like police in general, although there is a human element to it, the job itself is sort of the just the the stiff like unmoving arm of the government. Like the police are just like the tools of the government to use their laws against us. I mean, that's just how our government's broken down, and so when we look at problems with our policing, like we can always look to the human element of it. Like, especially with like, um, you know, the killing of people and minorities, we can always look to the human element for that. But I think 
our vision should be directed upwards towards the people who are, you know, you know, making the the laws that the cops enforce, who are, um, you know, in, instituting the training that these, these cops go through or lack thereof. Um, There's no discipline. Yeah. So I, I mean, I always think of it as like a in these situations, I always look towards the top as like who who let these officers be in the situation where they weren't exactly prepared or um, stuff like that. And I think that's that's that is like part of it. And then I think the other part of it is like the citizens. I don't think either party has enough information to sort of bridge the gap that would lead to less inst- less instances like this. Um, and I, I mean, I think we've been seeing a lot over the past few months since May 24th when George Floyd died. Uh, we've been seeing, we've at least in the news, we've been seeing a lot more of these um, police killings. And I think, and I, I would like to look into this at some point, but I, I don't exactly know if it's, um, if they're happening at the normal rate they would, or if they're just being publicized more, because I know that there's like a lot of cases like, they're uh, being a lot of cases more. like this, like would just f- typically fly under the radar. Um, or if the, yeah, if the ones that are, that would happen anyway, statistically are being brought to light more. And I think it's a, probably a balance. It's probably more like empirically and there's probably they're also probably getting propped up or um, getting publicized more i should say and wisconsin i i just looked it up is wisconsin known to be a racist state wisconsin oh. is the most segregated state in america um, next to massachusetts <laughs> top five worst states for black people wisconsin's on there yeah i mean it's yeah, that's that's always a factor is also like the people of the state um yeah. i, I kind of oh yeah i was gonna say it's like i think Another thing we can do, like I'm working on both ends, trying to bridge the gap between our government to our police and then us to our police is um, by getting more information about police protocol and like how they're supposed to do their job while at the same time trying to change like what their job is. Because like we have what their um, what their protocols and what their training is now. And we should like at the same time be trying to fix their rules while trying to understand the rules they already have. Um, so, so so understanding things that like like. Like, I'm not saying it's a good or bad thing, but as the law stands, like, this shooting may very well go by as justified by the Department of Justice of Wisconsin because the officers did act by their protocol. And, I, I mean, I like, I guess personally I would say that that is a bad thing, that I think those Maybe rules should be changed. Black. I mean, I, I think if uh, – I, I think any police officer killing any American is, is something that we should look towards and try to – and try to find the reason why and change it. I, I, I'd get, I feel like it's just like, it shouldn't, you shouldn't be scared of the cops. And that's, that's what's happening now. Everybody's like scared of cops. And like, I remember it was like a long time ago. This was probably like, I want to say I was 15 turning 16. Cause I haven't had my own license yet. And it was me and my friend. We were just driving home. And I think he either had a headlight that was out or a taillight that was out. And we turned right into my neighborhood and we immediately get pulled over by the cops. And this this was my first interaction with cops. So I remember I'm like, I'm I'm scared. I'm like shaking. I'm like, damn. W- like, what's going to happen right now? You know, that's as a 15 year old, you know, wh- why does that have to be in my head? You know, like the, there are two cops. They come one to my friend's window, one to my window flashlights into our have you guys been over okay yeah yeah just making sure we're on the same page <laughs> so i'm like i'm scared i'm he's like can i see your id i'm like yeah I'm, I'm just gonna reach down in my pocket like you know that's the idea that i have and you know that's that's the thing i say because 
I'm not trying to end up in a body bag at 15 years old. You know, I'm just trying to play it safe. You know, mm-hmm. I don't even care why we got pulled over. Like my first worry is not to make a sudden move that makes the cop feel threatened to where he has to do something. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, I feel like that's like every time I've been pulled over, like I've had the idea in my head. Like I immediately tell my friends, don't say anything stupid. Like don't do anything that you don't have to do. And that's just like the do fear. Whatever it takes to get home, though. Yeah, like <laughs> comprehend. <laughs> and I just—it's hard to like you know to think about it because you don't think about it unless you're in that situation. And when a, when such an authority is on my head, I'm I'm gonna respect the authority because I know whatever I do, they can immediately, you know, take care of. Yeah, they have. Um, they yeah. have. They have the power. Yeah, they they have a lot more power on me, and I'm going to respect it whether they are in the right or wrong. And that's why there are court cases. And I've just never thought about doing anything stupid because I know my place. Yeah, and I do think that that, that I think when I said that um, I think these cases of citizens being killed by police have been like not only being more publicized, but also increasing. Um, I think that does have to do with like the relationship between citizens and police deteriorating where citizens are more and more, I think, disrespecting, um, there are a lot police officers bold. and like, they're like, and I'm not going to say it's without good, you know, justification, you know, like I understand why you wouldn't trust police officers after what's happened. Um, even though I don't think it's, you know, fair to paint all police officers with the same thing as, um, no. the, the acts of individuals. And I can, I can see why are terrible. I, I can see why at, on a general level, you may not uh, obey police officers, um, like in certain situations because of what's happening. And um, I think, you know, both of those things pulling party, pulling away from each other leads to more incidents like this. Um, So I do think that, you know, in some ways, Jacob Blake was probably like in a, in a time where, you know, police were like more respected and they were more understood, you know, maybe the situation would have gone differently. Yeah. And I feel like it was just a horrible time for him to, you know, just even think about going to walk to his car because, of everything that's going on, everybody's on high alert. Everybody's, you know. That doesn't justify anything that they did, though. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't. But I'm just saying, like, overall, I just, it like, it gets really publicized, which is good. We all want justice for him, you know, for him to, you know, for this to get settled how it should. And it's just, hmm. It's a very touchy it's, situation. It's, it's to like every word on. I'm trying to get out is like I'm trying to make sure I'm saying Isn't the right correctly. thing. Yeah, yeah I mean that's why that I think that, that that's why we're here. You know, sitting down talking. It's uh, such a touchy situation to really go in depth about because you have to think of, like you said, Adam. You also have to think of what the police officer's protocol is, right? And what their duty is when they are on the streets and when they do have to walk into a certain situation. Right. But you also have to also consider the fact that he was a citizen. You know what I'm saying? You also have to look at it. It's, it's sort of it's such it's too touchy to really go in depth about considering that we don't have all the information that we need as to what necessarily took place in between the time period of them getting there and Jacob getting to his car. I appreciate that. Yeah. yeah. So when you really look at it, it's like, OK, I, I don't want to lean too much on this side. But then again, I also can't just sit here and say that everything was okay because I don't know 100% if it was okay. But at the end of the day, if you take a step back and look at the bigger picture, where you look at where Jacob went wrong and where the cops went wrong shooting seven shots at him into the back, 
and letting him get that far. Like it, it, it to me, like when I look at it, I'm like, they, it could possibly be a bait, you know, like why do they have to let him, you know, they're, they're all grown men. I'm sure like you don't have to be trained in combat to, to, to wrap to somebody up. No, to wrap somebody up. Mm-hmm. Um, And I mean, that's just like, you know, we say just wrap somebody up and, you know, maybe like we always think like if I was an officer in the situation, maybe I could have done that. But, you but know, we're also never in that spot. Like, like, yeah, I'm saying like I like really thinking about it. Like if I thought like, do you think do you I think I could subdue this guy even though and one because I mean, these steps of escalation don't really have a build up. They sort of just jump levels where like the situation was fine. The officers didn't feel like they needed to apprehend him or like needed to get physical with him, which is a good thing because, you know, if they had gone physical with him, like being on the ground, that's also a dangerous spot to be in. But so it, it jumped from like, it jumped from, I don't need to get physical with this person. So to, I'm going to, to shoot to kill to, this person too. He's going, well, before that he's going to his car. Now I should think of doing something, but you just have to kind of follow like, like the turn of events and, I mean, that, that has to do with, like, police training. Like, like we should train our police to be more nuanced in their approaches to these things so they don't act as quickly sure. as these people are. And I, I mean, like, I, go ahead. I feel like if you can't take it and you can't be on the streets and doing your job in a respectful manner, when I say in a respectful manner, I mean not necessarily doing what the officers did in the instance of Jacob Blake or George Floyd. If you can't be on the streets and you can't handle the pressure and what comes with it, then I feel like you just shouldn't be on there. Anytime you feel as though, okay, he's about to go to the car, and then uh, the only thing that jumps to your mind is I'm going to shoot him, and f- regardless if they didn't kill him or not, because I bet if he died, it really would they really wouldn't care. And the case would still probably be like, oh, okay, it's justifiable. No, it, it, I mean, yeah. And what I was going to say is that, like, they just need to be better at making that split decision you know, like that may, being able to make a decision fast enough to see, hey, this guy's going to his car. Mm-hmm. If we don't want to shoot him, we should probably do something. Yeah. Um. I, right now, I one of the biggest rules in and when police um, approach a situation is to always be one step, one level ahead of um the person you're trying to uh, detain. So if they're if they're they if they're just like aggravated but they don't have any sort of weapons on them then you're at less than lethal which is like tasers and sprays and yeah. stuff like that and then if they move up to that level with you then you go on top um and um i mean it's it it it's like a it's i mean i think it's a good way of looking at things for the most part but there are certain situations where there needs to be more nuance to it where you know like in a situation where i think in mo I don't want to say in most cases, but in a lot of cases when a suspect is being um, is aggravated and they're going to their vehicle, um, especially on a domestic dispute call, the officers, you know, I mean, they're like they have like that. They have it in their head that in more situations than not, or at least enough to warrant um, their response. They think he might be going to um, to get something that would. would Yeah, no, no. And 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 definitely like uh, when I first when I first watched the video. That's the first thought that got into my head. I was like, well, just going into the car is just not the best decision. If if there's that big of a crowd, it has to be somewhat of an important call that the cops are there. Something has to be going on. True. So if he's going to his car, it's like 
that's just not the best the best decision but to make. But you also have to take in take into consideration why he was going to the car. His baby's in the car. They just witnessed something horrific. You have two children, an eight year old and a three year old, that are sitting in a car. Meanwhile, his ex girlfriend, no telling what they got going on outside the car. But in the video, it looks like there's some type of confrontation. You have police pulling up. I'm a black man. I have two black kids sitting in my car, and Great. police are coming, and they are talking to me and doing something to me in front of my children. My first instinct isn't going to be, oh, snap, what, what's going to happen to me? It's my babies. My kids are in the car. And you here and you here talking to me? So, I mean, it, for instance, Jacob could have had a better understanding, and the police could have had a better understanding. They could have had a conversation like, you know what, man? Yeah, If no. you let me come to my car and let me talk to my kids real quick, then we can sit and have this discussion. And, but, and, we, can't, and we can't think about that until we get the body trims. Yeah, yeah and I think, I think we can talk in circles about, because, I mean, ultimately, when we're talking about who was right, nobody was right, nobody, nobody was wrong. It's nobody. just, it's all, and so I think we can talk in circles about that, but I think what we can sort of finish that topic up with is the idea that, the response online from people our age is to automatically go all the way to one end yes. and to not give any sort of ground or middle ground because no one's viewing the bigger picture and 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 to all, and to only say that since something happened that like like intuitively like naturally seeing someone hurt like that our natural response is to go to like the person who caused that is in the wrong and i think you know like it's it's best to like at least question that sort of intuitive nature and to, you know, think of, find the middle ground. But, um, and so that was what I was saying is that like the information we spread online through social media is not conducive to progress because it, because uh, it only tailors to one end of the spectrum and it doesn't consider any yeah. other factors. Depending on what perspective you're looking at that from though. How so? Because when you, when you do take into consideration the bigger picture and you do take into consideration that people are sharing this because of, the movement Black Lives Matter, right? Yeah. So you have that, you already have that installed in your mind. Okay, I see almost every day a new black individual, a new, you know, minority person in a minority group getting shot, killed, or, or you know, in some type of way mistreated by a police officer. So you see that, and now it's, it's already construed in, you know, the American people's mind, you know, oh, snap, it's another... It's another Black Lives Matter type thing. It's another racist, prejudiced officer attacking a black person. So then you have those people looking at it from that point of view, and then they're posting it, and then it gets misconstrued over social media. You feel what I'm saying? So then it depends on the perspective in which you're looking at it from. Yeah, no, I I totally get that. And it's it's just like I feel like people are really – I don't because I don't want to say I don't want to pick a side with the Jacob Blake at all because oh, no. because it's it's really easy to pick a side. Oh, yeah. You know, it you're, is. you're either for the person or you're yeah. with the cops. It takes a lot less thought to, to not pick a side. It yeah. takes a lot less like like uh, effort on your part to yeah. not look into it and actually and stay really understand. And, and, yes. the, and the and the reason I'm not picking a side like officially is because I see where both sides went wrong. Oh. And a lot of people just don't see that because they're so blinded by the immediate repost and the caption and the, you know, they don't they don't think about the bigger picture. Mm-hmm. I don't think they're going to, especially not from a black person's point of view, because like they said in the DNC last week, 
there's going to be riots. There's going to be protests. Why? Because personally, I can speak for myself and I can speak for a, I can't speak for all of black people, but I'm tired. I'm tired of seeing fellow citizens and people that look just like me on the news getting shot and killed and mistreated. You know what I'm saying? So when you look at it like that, it's like, oh, snap. I'm on social media. I'm scrolling through Instagram. I see this dude getting shot. And now they're going to misconstrue it because now they're going to think of it like, oh, snap, it's another racist police officer. You feel what I'm saying? So in that instance, it's like they're going to automatically go for the police officer in the wrong due to everything that's taking place in the United States of America as far as black people and police officers. I, I get that sort of uh, mentality. and I, I mean, I fully, I, I fully understand it. I, I understand it based off of what's happening. I'm just not, I, I mean, I don't think it's like, logical but i do think it's I, I i'm not questioning its existence um and i i was i, was, I guess want to ask you guys like what do you think the balance should be in these situations between sort of like the anecdotal um like like i think i think a lot of a lot of this movement is driven more by a mentality and and um you know hor horrific stories like um the shootings of these people jacob blake um um and the ones that have gone through um the past few months how should we balance that with um i guess like the the statistical evidence of 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 like how citizens of our country are impacted by those in power um you know especially when it comes to policing you know i wish i wish i had it like with me right here but i've 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 been going through like over the past few months i've gone through a lot of information a lot of a lot, a lot of data out? a lot of data well i mean like w not with police protocols but with data like like how many, like how many, I guess like the breakdown racially of how many citizens are killed um, by police officers every year. Cause in most, how many are killed most instances I see is that, you know, like more, how many are killed every year? How many I forget the, I forget yeah. the total number. Yeah. Um, it's somewhere in the thousands, but um, every year. Yes. Police officers. Yeah. Well, um, it's, it's somewhere, it's like in the low thousands. I think, it I think it barely citizens. goes. When, when police officers kill citizens. Oh, okay, okay. okay. I, was, I was like, there's no way thousands <laughs> no, of cops um, die every no year. Way. No, cops is um, still decently high. I think yeah, it's no, I, I saw this, like, calendar thing where it was, like, every day that, like, like, every day of the year, like, how many people have been killed, like, by police officers, and it's, like, seven a day. And, like, I was, like there's, like, three days with zero kills a month. Mm -hmm. And, like, I was like, that. that's crazy. And I... Uh, I I, uh, I wish I had it with me here, and I wish I could like present it to you better. But like a lot of information that I see suggests that people of either like other minorities or um, people who are white are killed at a higher percentage than those who are who are African American. And you know, I mean, you, you can go back and forth because I mean, data at this point in our history is no longer like the objective truth, but. If there is truth to that, then how should we balance our anecdotes of sort of this mentality that the police and that our are that our systems of power in general are prejudiced against minorities versus like these different snippets of like data that suggest that it's I guess not not just from not from like the other side of that, but just somewhere in the middle, because I do think that like the problem of racial injustice is a big is a problem in our country that needs to be rectified. But I don't think that 
I mean, I'm, I'm just in the middle between those two things where I, I'm not all the way for, you know, just seeing a video of a man being killed by police officers and instantly assuming that that's a problem yeah. in with the entire system. But you also and then balancing not, it with yeah. what the objective truth is, because I because I don't look at a statistic that says that white people are killed at a higher percentage than black people. And I instantly assume that there's no racial injustice in our systems. And then I don't look at what I just mentioned. The other side, I, I tried, I'm trying to establish a ground in between those two. And I guess, I don't know, what are your thoughts on trying to establish that balance? That <laughs> no, I, 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 I wish I had a whole, I wish I had a whole episode. I'm going to have this. to, I'm going to have to really sit. And I feel like, you know, it's, it's just a basic, the basic thing of, you don't need to do more than you have to. You don't. You know, like you don't you don't have to stay on George Floyd's neck for how many minutes? Eight. Eight. You don't need to have your knee on his neck for eight minutes. You have him down. Where where's he where's he gonna go? He somehow gets up from his stomach with handcuffs. Where's he gonna go? And it's how many officers were was it that day? There, what, there was three, three or four. Three or four? Three or four. It was I think it was five. It was oh, really yeah because yeah, no, there was a couple lot. standing behind him yeah too. so you have that many people like you said Price you have that many people and you still feel the need to s- sit on his and stand on his neck with yep. your knee to All his right. neck well yeah once again it's as I mean that was probably the worst like seeing that video is probably one of the worst things I've seen in my entire life however it's also another anecdote that I well not an anecdote I don't want to say it's an anecdote because you know and all anecdotes are just part of st- of part of statistics um but I guess. What I want to say is, um, like, we're getting back into like, like, like the like the nitty gritty of like how police should be trained and how they should approach situations. And I was thinking, maybe more on like a like a larger level, like, like the like the movement we have going on here, all of the rioting and the protesting, like, like, do you think it's warranted based on sort of the balance between those two aspects I mentioned? Um, I don't know. It's a hard topic to tackle, and I, I I'm trying. I'm kind of just pulling it from the back of when my head comes, out right now. Yeah. Um. But but when it comes to the rioting, and when it comes to the protesting, it's it's sad. But how do, how do I? I'm trying to really find the words to really put this in. And you know, I mean, don't feel like afraid to sort of say oh, so, no. something initially that might no, it's, be it's incorrect. It's sort of kind of aggravating when you think about it because it does have a lot to do with the racial injustice that does take place in America. And I understand that. How do I, so? Trump the other night used rioting and stuff, and he called he basically referred to them as a violent mob, right? But he did not give respect to the reason as to why there are ri- there are riots, why people are protesting, and it has multiple amount to do with racial injustice, like you explained. But and during these protests, and like you know, they're called peaceful protests, but you know, there's that one idiot that's gonna grab a rock. True, there's that like. Some people go there with a mindset that's a peaceful prote- protest, and some people and go there turns, with a mindset and that I'm going to go break some. Yeah, and you can't, I can't, mm-hmm. when you think about when you think about this, you can't necessarily speak for all black people. And I think that's sort of kind of the problem, is that everybody sees one 
individual of a black of the black community do something out of line or out of proportion and then they all of a sudden label it to all of us right but it's not necessarily all of us I think us we're just more so tired of everything that's going on you feel me so certain people certain young people I can't speak for all young people I do know there's certain younger people certain you know middle-aged people do feel the need that violence is going to it's going to solve some of these problems. And that is sort of kind of where the looting comes in. But then again, I feel like it's sort of kind of wrong that the government, the police officers, they take that and then they apply it to all black citizens. So then when you do that and you apply it to all black citizens, now it's in the mindset of them to mistreat all black citizens that they encounter. And I'm not saying that that's every police officer, but I am saying that that is majority of majority of the officers. You know what I'm saying? So you're saying that since um since like certain people in power are taking like the situations of, you know, what one black person does and applying it to all of them, it's yes. creating it's it's sort of pushing the needle into a position where these situations happen more effectively. And so if a police officer acts poorly to a black person and then like because of those in power, you know, twisting it in their own way, black people as sort of a whole group begin to treat officers differently. Yes. So and it, it definitely it, goes hand in hand because it, us as a black people and we only see our people. I would not, I don't want to say our people. And we only see people of our same complexion on TV are the ones that are getting hurt and getting mistreated by the government, by police officers or we're lacking out on health care benefits. But we don't see it when it comes to people of a lighter complexion. You don't see every day on the news that a white man's getting mistreated by an officer or a, wh- a younger white boy is getting shot or killed or mistreated. You know what I'm saying? You only see black people. No, uh, the, the, there was there was another video which like I, I just thought it was hilarious because it was this white guy. And I don't know if you guys saw it. It was, it was another Instagram repost. It was like how, how the cops from that area in Wisconsin – like treat white people and like this guy was just on a rampage man i'm telling you like he was fighting the cop he started chasing the cop at one point and like the cop tried to tase him didn't work and at some point where he chased off the cop he comes back and i think he got in the cop car man dude <laughs> oh, that, I've seen that. that video that video is crazy mm. i've seen that and that that's where i, I don't know like, what video you're talking about i'll, 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 I'll have to I'll try and find it for you before we leave um I guess uh, what TJ, well, like what TJ said, um, I think there's a few things to break down with how we see in the news, like, um, like how the news, which is our sort of like the main source of information for our country, you know, slowly being overpassed by social media, how it presents, like how, how, well, I guess how it, how it distorts the reality of what's going on. So, I mean, like I said, if there is truth to the idea that more white people, you know, percent are, are killed by police officers, you know, by percentage of population and you, but you see an overwhelming majority of these reports on television being of minorities being harmed, even though it's happening at a lesser rate. Do you think that could be a problem with the news and how they're trying to use like abuse that statistic to their advantage? Because I mean, I'm trying to, trying to formulate the thought. It's that well, one, I mean, I, I, I don't trust anything that for the most part, that are that most news networks would say about um, any situation. But th- but that's the whole thing. If you don't trust the news and social media isn't as reliable, 
Like, where where do you? Well, like I said, when I was going, when I was trying to look into Jacob Blake a little bit, I like both both CNN and Fox News were report were taking things from the Wisconsin DOJ's report, the the Department of Justice's report of Wisconsin, and like if they're both pulling from that source, and we and I was reading the the paragraphs, I could already see like the different tones that they were taking, the different like approaches they were moving well, of the same situation. CNN and Fox Five. Yeah, and I and I was like, well. Where should we go? We should go. We should go look up because it's avail- publicly available. The DOJ report of the actual incident. We can actually look at what the like the judge said about it after the after the fact. And I mean that also comes with its own biases, but it's not for any sort of. It's not for I would say a more unjust reason than what most news networks would spin a story like that for. They do spin a lot of the stories. I feel like. I feel like we 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 talked about this far enough. Yeah, um, I, I I don't have anything else to say. I feel like I've I mean, said everything. We could go I on to. for. I think. I mean, we so could, but we this. we could, but like at at some point, we'll we just be got, repeating yeah. ourselves, trying to prove the same 100%. points that we've already um, proved to ourselves. So I guess we also we wanted to touch on um the uh the 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 kid who was um at sure. the protest a few uh, days yeah. ago. Um, I don't know if we'll have enough time or enough like mental capacity to sort of touch on the entire s- part of it so um, i mean wait i'm i'm okay to talk about it like in the like real quick i can uh, i you can just he, break it down to you, you guys. said he's 17 he is 17 years old what is he doing with the rifle so that's the thing so um lasting it and it was at the it was at the so i guess i'll break right? it down from you uh so the guy i forget his name i think his first name's kyle um i think his last name something along the lines of rittenhouse but um i don't exactly know um basically he lives in a town about i think an hour away from uh kenosha he lives in Wisconsin, but he lives an hour away or so. And um, he, you know, seeing the pro- the riots and the protests going on, he decided to, I th- I do think he took, like, a family gun. Like, he took, like, that yeah. rifle. He was definitely not supposed to have it, and he took it, and he drove down to the city. And um, he joined up with, like, people who were protecting protecting businesses is what, um, is, is what uh, he said he was doing. Um, I think... Uh, I've been looking through videos of um, him before the incident, and it looks like he's, um, and it looks like he he is with a, another group of people that are armed, and they're standing in front of like a shopping center. Um, and I guess we can break down a lot of the um, things people say about it online, because um, because one of the things I, I don't know if you've seen this, but uh, the thing about him, you know, getting water from cops and being yeah. uh, congratulated yeah. by them, um, what that actually is from, or at least like the full context around it is. Um, a few hours before the sh- before he shot anybody, um, where he was out by a shopping center with a few other armed people, um, patrol cars were coming by, or like armored vehicles were coming by, and they stopped there. Um, I think like all the armed guys went out to like go greet the cops, and um, and the police officers, I mean, handed them water and um, like said thank you to them because from what it appeared to them, it looked at as though point, they were protecting businesses. And I, I mean, I'm not trying to comment on anything that they were actually doing or taking any side. I'm just saying the perceptions of these different parties. The cops thought that they were there to protect businesses and thus they, you know, congratulate. And I think there's, and there's another little thing I wanted to get into with like the psychology of these officers and why like they would be so appreciative of these people, of people that are, you know, not, you know, participating in the riots or in the protests um, and not like adding to the violence. But um, I, I'll, I'll just continue on with the chain of events. Um, so after that, it's um, the videos kind of come out of at nighttime. He, uh, I think he goes up to like a group of 
uh, like a crowd of people and like when they see him with the rifle they i think like people start yelling they, at him they notice what he's there and, for and i mean like like i mean like he's the only one armed in that entire area i think or like, i mean he was the only one visibly armed you know carrying a rifle and people start you know questioning him people start getting angry at him and he gets into a shouting match with uh two other men um i forget their names but um there are two other guys who get who start yelling at him um i, I it's hard to exactly get what their exchange was but it started to get physical where um uh, I don't, I will, I'm not sure if he initiated any violence, but, um, the two people that were, um, aggravating him were definitely like pushing him around and being, um, in his face. And then eventually he, um, uh, one video I saw, he begins to run away from them as they both chase him. Um, and as they're chasing him, one of them is like right on his tail. And then the one that's behind, um, he pulls out a firearm, a handgun, and he fires it at the guy. Um, he fires it at the 17 uh, year old and the 17 turns around with his, assault rifle and he shoots the one who's right behind him the one who's like like directly behind him he shoots him uh, i think three times uh the man dies like right there on the scene um and then he gets away uh, at least till the next video that i saw the so next these guys aspect are basically of it. provoking provoking him yeah um and, and um from videos and pictures i've seen they seemed like they were pretty like unstable i mean they just seemed like they were really angry about it um um calling him quite a lot of names um but the next video I see is um, they're in another street, I think, and the other guy has come up, like the one the one that shot at him um, has chased him to this area, and there's a few more people jumping on it where he's, I think, at this point, this crowd in general knows Wait, that there is, were shots is, fired. Is that, is that when he's on the floor? N yes, this will be when he's on the floor. So I think he's running away, and the crowd... Because I know he was running away. Somebody throws a Molotov at him. Um, well, yeah, it was, it was interesting. I was looking at the video. Um, well, he's running away, and the crowd in general knows that like some like f shots were fired and people are yelling like hey it's that guy and he's running away so it's like so naturally so people everybody's are like, gonna everyone's like catch him and so he's i mean he's being chased by like 30 people um as they're all coming towards him and like but most of them are like backing off because i mean he has the gun um but a few people come up to him um someone like darts up to him and like uh like they get in a tussle where he goes to the floor and then he gets gets smacked in the head with a or gets he gets, gets like tapped on the head with a skateboard i think someone tried to hit him with this with their skateboard but he like missed it and the guy who shot him with a handgun, who I don't know if it was the same person who threw the thing at him, but when I looked at the video, the thing he threw at him, it looked like a grocery bag. Like it looked like there was something inside of like a hard object, but it looked, but like the way it was trailing off, it did not, it didn't look like, like a Molotov cocktail. It was so strange, but, um, and it just sort of flops to the floor, but he gets like, he gets taken to the ground and, um, there was the guy there that shot at him. And then there was the guy, there was another person with the skateboard and he pulls, he like pulls around and the guy, I think it was the guy. I don't know which one of them, but one of them, he shoots them directly in the chest and they like stumble over and they fall down. And then the third one, um, I believe the third one, it was just, it was another person in the crowd. He just like, he also fires at him and he shoots him in the arm. And then he gets up, everyone's backed up at this point because they don't want to uh, deal with him. No and then they run, he runs down a block and I'm pretty sure that's where the police is. And Dude, they, they and, take him and into custody. And which is crazy, what is crazy, he's just casually walking with to the cops with a rifle. They don't say like for the most part, they didn't say anything to him. Mm -hmm. um, the cops is that that was that's what yeah. you're referring to, yeah. And um, yeah, I didn't actually see him get taken into custody. Uh, I, I think I think they might have just let him walk. They they well, I mean, he's he was charged with double murder. Yeah, now homicide. now he is. I mean, he and he was taken into custody. Like he was. Yeah, he was he was arrested. Okay. Cause but if you see that off the bat, 
you see him walk, and he's what seventeen. Yeah. Um, Off the back, you see him walking down the street with a rifle. You, you should automatically say. Well, something. they were they were a distance away. They couldn't exactly see what it is. I, I don't even think it was. I don't even know if it was on the same street because I didn't see the bridge between the video of him shooting the last two people and then him getting arrested. But what I do know was that when he was going up to get to the police, he did. You know, he just had his rifle on his uh, on his body, and then he had his he had his hands up, um, which and. The- the you know, hopefully for any the person. The confidence on that kid, dude. Like, that's, that's, I'm, that's what amazes me, the confidence on him to just be able to walk down to, like, I don't think he was logically bars. thinking. Like, with a rifle. <laughs> I, I couldn't imagine 17-year-old me shooting he, three people. He, I don't think he was And then just walking thinking. down casually. Like, but when you go to an event like that, you know, you have to keep in mind. I think he was he place. was really, like, psyching himself up to do that. And so when he was there, I guess he was just in the mindset. But, I mean, I mean, he... Like he was, I mean, he was being attacked, and he, he he shot three people, which is crazy. Um, but um, yeah, so, he's been arrested. So and charged is that self defense or murder? It's definitely it was murder. both. Okay, self. Well, like I mean, like I'm not saying both fifty fifty. I'm just saying it was both. Like I, yeah. it was both. I don't, I don't, I don't care about what percentage. Not I mean, he was like the courts determined his punishment. He's been he's been sentenced for murder. But like it's, I'm not gonna say it wasn't self defense. I'm not gonna say it wasn't murder. Yeah, because if someone's provoking me, and I'm, I mean, I wouldn't be as stupid as him and walking around with the big yeah, old assault rifle. Yeah, it's just, it's uh, just and like I mean, he got, I mean, he dodged a bullet. Like, it, like someone pointed a gun at him, shot it, and he, do- and he missed it, and he missed. I mean, I feel like he said. So as soon as someone shoots you and they miss, they've, they've, like, I mean, if someone shoots at you, they forfeited their right to live because. <laughs> because if wait, I like, it's actually how it works. Well, I mean, just. Like, like if someone is shooting at you with the intent to kill you, they have also forfeited the right to live. Only kill if you're ready to be killed. Yeah, self-defense. Because you shooting at me and you provoking me, I'm. Go- I'm I mean, gone. if it's me or you, it like, 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 I, I'm, 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 a, I'm a non, me. I'm a not violent person. But I'm if it, choose me. but it's like, I mean, you know, it's, it's just how life works. Um, but I, I mean, I, he was charged with murder. Imagine. Um, I guess I think street. he'll be tried as an as an adult. I guess uh, probably spend most definitely probably that rifle seventeen. Just probably spend like but fifty, that rifle sixty. Was years. Just about the size of him when you looked at the picture. And and you can't. You <laughs> he can, just. I mean, he was just playing a little. And bit. the gun wasn't his. You can't get a rifle until you're eighteen. Oh yeah, you can't that, get a that was a big. That was a big charge. That was a big charge. So yeah. what his parents just let him. I don't think any parent would let your children out the house with that. I'm pretty sure they just. He probably sneaked it out. It's an idiot, dude. Like, the ball's on him. I feel like he set himself up knowing where I'm going, having the mindset that I'm going to this place, having the mindset of who I'm going to be around, you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying, the environment I'm going to be in. And I'm, let's examine my complexion. I'm around here walking around with the big old rifle. Yeah. I mean, it's just. But it's, I guess a lot of the information that's being spread online just kind of annoys me. I mean, things like, like, um, people always mix up the event where he was being congratulated and given water by cops as to being after he was arrested, which, I mean, changes the entire story. Because it was before. Because it was definitely, it was hours before. And, like, because <laughs> when you see, like, like this man shot three people at a protest and then he was congratulated and given water by cops, like, that's huge. Like, you're like, whoa, that's crazy. But then when you look into it, I mean, it takes not a lot of time to look into it. You see, oh, it was before. And then you see something like, you know, he was a he was a white supremacist and, you know, that's not I mean, entirely true. That's just based off of his actions. I mean, it's it's it, you're just inferring his motives off of that. And so there's a lot of things, but um, that's basically the breakdown. I think I think we should save everything else for our next episode. Yeah, that sounds good. Um, pretty good conversation, guys. Thanks for thanks for being here, TJ, Parsa. Um, thank you all for listening. Uh, this has been. The Floor 26 podcast, the show made by young people for everybody. Have a wonderful day.